0: In John 14, verse 16, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Let us pray now that the Holy Spirit will come and fill your hearts and your room wherever you are. Father, we thank you so much for making a way that we can come into your presence. No matter where we are, scattered around the country, scattered around the world, in our homes, in our living rooms, we ask you now that you come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. We ask that you Holy Spirit come and open our hearts to hear what you want to say to us. We thank you and we love you in Jesus name. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Lenny for those of you who don't know me. I'm the the church planting resident here on staff with Grace Anglican Church. My family and I we moved here in January to plant a church sometime next year and um Yeah, we're here for one year, and now we're caught in the middle of this storm, which is an interesting experience for all of us, I'm sure. And uh, it is indeed a very scary time in a way. I'm sure many of you wonder what is happening, where this is all leading. Many of you might be afraid and scared. And um, yeah, as I said, I'm from Germany. I'm reading the news every day about my home country and what is happening there. And you can just see and feel the anxiety and the uncertainty, and just the big question marks that everybody has at the moment. And I'm sure some of you who are believers too are wondering, where is God? What is He up to? Why is He allowing these kind of things to happen? And um, it causes anxiety, it causes worries about the future. And I hope and pray that my sermon, my message, will be an encouragement to you today and help deepen the roots of your faith. And then there might be some of you who... Maybe don't believe in God, and you're tempted to do so now because it is usually through situations like this that our hearts can either become bitter or better. And so some of you maybe are actually exploring faith and saying, hey, I need to know if there is what we experience here on earth. And then there might be some of you who say, ha, I knew it. If there was a good God, this would not be happening. Well, I hope that I can encourage you today and maybe show you a side of God, a perspective that you hadn't seen before that might encourage you to actually put your trust in God and to see that He's very much in the middle of everything that is happening. So what is God doing at the moment? And what might He be saying to us in this time? And I would like to to take the the story that we've just read of Jesus' final moments on the cross, and I would like to, to just zoom in on that. And I want to do that in all humility because I know that this is the most significant moment in history that we just read about. When the Son of God himself died on the cross, I believe there is a depth to the mystery and to the impact of that that we won't be able to, to fully understand and explore, at, at least not on this side of the grave. So I want to approach the story with a lot of humility and yet at the same time with confidence Jesus is sending us a very, very strong message that is supposed to lift our spirits and to encourage us, especially when we go through storms. And I want to especially zoom in on that moment when Jesus, hanging on the cross, said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What is happening here? What is happening in that moment? And I would like to point out three things to you that really encouraged me. And this list is by no means complete. I'm sure there are many more things that could be added to what is happening in that moment. But these three things just really encouraged me and I hope that they encourage you too. The first thing is that Jesus chose to enter into our human experience of what it means to be separated from God. Jesus, God in human form, emptied himself of his glory to come and to become one of us and to experience what we experience. And I'm sure what many of you are experiencing at the moment when you wonder, God, where are you? Have you forsaken me? Have you forsaken us? And as I was preparing the sermon, I was reminded of a of a moment in my own life. It's actually 13 years ago. I had a moment where I I cannot go into too much detail for time's sake, um, but I really messed up big time, and I felt extremely bad for it. And I remember one night um, I was attending a worship band practice, which I was leading, and ironically, after that practice, I was driving home in the car, and I felt like I was about to have an heart, a heart attack because I had this revelation, quote-unquote, that, that sunk very deeply into my heart, and that, that revelation was, God has forsaken you. You have sinned so badly that he is taking his Holy Spirit away from you. And I don't know why, I don't know why I felt like that, but it, it, it hit me so deeply that I, I honestly thought I was about to have a heart attack. And I went home, I could hardly sleep that night. I constantly heard voices telling me, God has forsaken you, God has abandoned you. And not only that, I had all these Bible verses in my mind proving this point. So if you have the Bible against you and God against you, um, that's not a very good place to be. And I remember the next day I was supposed to lead worship, um, and play music, worship music at two different events, and I was shaking, I was crying out on the inside, I was performing on the outside, but on the inside I was falling apart. I was having panic attacks for the first time in my life, and, and that, that experience started a season of my life that lasted I think for about two years, where I would constantly struggle with that underlying fear that God has forsaken me, that God had forsaken me. It was terrible. It was a nightmare. Maybe some of you can relate to that. Maybe some of you can't. But I I believe that at some point, every human experiences something like that, where we wonder if God has forsaken us. And so I believe it is a human cry And Jesus chose to co-experience it with us. And we read in Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. In other words, Jesus came and he intentionally chose to experience everything that we as humans experience in terms of pain, in terms of rejection and abandonment. And isn't it fascinating that God's way of dealing with our mess many times is not to just snip a finger, do a miracle, and end everything, but his way of dealing with our issues is to to enter right into them and to find us in our brokenness, to find us in our hell, to find us in our death, and to say, I'm here, right here with you. I know what it feels like to be forsaken by God. And in a way, that brings me to my second point. Not, not only did he choose to enter into our human experience, but he chose to reveal the love of God in that moment. When we look at the cross, we basically see the extent to which the Father is willing to go to find us in our sin and in our brokenness. Again, we must remember Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Just the night before the the crucifixion, we have this beautiful conversation between Jesus and his disciples, which we can read about in John 14, 15, and 16, and 17. It's a long conversation. And in the middle of this conversation, he's asked by one of his disciples, Jesus, please show us the Father. And Jesus says, don't you know me yet? Whoever sees me sees the Father. Whatever I do reflects the Father. Whatever I say are the words of the Father. All my actions are a perfect reflection of the Father. Jesus said that the night before he was crucified. And now we, we see him here hanging on the cross, saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in a way, he is still reflecting the Father in that moment. He is reflecting how far the Father is willing to go to find us in our brokenness. By the way, I, I personally don't think that the Holy Trinity, the eternal union between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was literally split in, in that very moment. Now, again, I want to be very humble here because we're talking about a big mystery. But what some commentaries that I've read have said is that what Jesus chose to do here is he chose to to be momentarily blinded to the presence of his Father. Now, did the Father completely forsake him or not? We can ask him one day when we're in heaven, but what he did do is he he experienced a real forsakenness. He was blinded to the presence of his Father. This is how far he's willing to go to find us in our weakness. And thirdly, And this is an amazing point which really, really impacted my life and really changed me deeply. And I can't wait to share it with you. Thirdly, Jesus, by saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Was fulfilling scripture. He was quoting directly from from Psalm 22. And I want to uh, read through that Psalm with you in just a minute. But before I do that, I want to point out something I learned from a theologian several years ago. He told me that back in that time, when you quoted the first verse of a psalm, the opening line of a psalm, you were basically referring to the entire message of the psalm. Let me compare this to the American national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, if, if you walk around outside, and you, you hear somebody singing, Oh, Jose, can you see? Just that one line. It won't cause you to stop and say, see what? What do you mean, "Jose, oh, can you see? No, what happens in that moment is the entire song, the entire anthem comes to your memory, and you, you start thinking about things such as struggle, battle, war, overcome. Courage, victory, freedom. The home of the free, no, the land of the free and the home of the brave. The last line. These are the kind of things that all come with that one line, oh say, can you see? So I believe in a similar way we are encouraged to think about the entire psalm that Jesus is quoting here. And I want to Um, to go through some of the verses with you, and it is absolutely amazing and encouraging. I'm going to start with verse 1. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away from helping me, so far away from the words of my groaning? I'm going to jump to verse 6 now. Yet I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned by humanity and despised by people. All who see me make fun of me. Insults pour from their mouths. They shake their heads and say, Put yourself in the Lord's hands. Let the Lord save him. Let God rescue him since he is pleased with him. Verse 14. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like pieces of broken pottery. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me down in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me. A mob has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. People stare. They gloat over me. They divide my clothes among themselves. They throw dice for my clothing. Do not be so far away, O Lord. Come quickly to help me, O my strength. I want to pause here. Doesn't doesn't this sound like the crucifixion scene? All those things that we're reading about here, we we, we actually just heard about in the reading, In, in amazing detail, even to the point of having pierced hands and feet, soldiers and people throwing dice over somebody's garments. I mean, this is just fascinating. So could it be that by quoting Psalm 22, verse 1. Could it be that Jesus was trying to send this message across to his audience saying, listen, listen, Scripture is being fulfilled right now, right here. Think of Psalm 22. Think of what the author of that Psalm was writing about and was prophesying about. And don't you see? It is is happening right here in front of your eyes. Isn't this encouraging to think about that? Somehow Jesus' crucifixion was already predicted in such detail, I believe Jesus was encouraging his followers to see what Scripture was doing and saying. He was basically saying this did not take God by surprise. The father was not sitting on the throne thinking, oh my What a tragedy. I did not see that coming. No, he had already prophetically inspired the author of Psalm 22 centuries earlier to prophesy about what was going to happen. And now let's see how the Psalm concludes. In verse 24 it says, The Lord has not despised or been disgusted with the plight the oppressed one he has not hidden his face from that person the lord heard when that oppressed person cried out to him for help so in this part of the psalm, we're now getting the assurance that although we we may feel like god had forsaken us although we we may feel like we're sitting in, in in the darkest of hells we can be assured that the father will not Abandon us. That he will not despise the oppressed person who cries out to him for help. We can be confident that God will not forsake us. You know, this helped me in my personal struggle. When I had these panics attacks, I remember one night I was just in agony in my bed, laying in my bed, and suddenly I had this inner vision of what we just read about earlier here, this entire scene of Jesus on the cross, for the first time really in my Christian life, and I grew up a Christian, for the first time I felt like the cross was for me. And I saw the the pierced hands and the pierced feet, and I saw the, the pain and the suffering of Jesus. And it became so close to me that for a moment I felt so bad for feeling so bad. I felt, I felt like, why did I ever waste time feeling rejected and abandoned by God when He went so far to redeem me? And that started lifting me and changing my life from the inside more than anything else. And I'll get those last two verses of Psalm 22. There will be descendants who serve Him, a generation that will be told about the Lord. They will tell people yet to be born about His righteousness, that He has finished it that he has finished it does that sound familiar we've had this series of the last words of jesus on the cross for the last six weeks there are really seven statements that jesus made we haven't preached about one statement so far and it is the last statement jesus made in the gospel of john and it is the famous three words it is finished It's right here in Psalm 22, verse 31. Psalm 22 that starts with, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Ends with, it is finished. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing the reality of how all of this has played out throughout history. How Jesus chose to be close to people even in their abandonment even in their forsakenness. How Jesus came and applied the finished work of his cross to people who were sitting in darkness. And I know all around the world right now, people are grieving over relatives and dear ones that have died because of corona, that have died in isolation because their relatives and friends were not allowed to be there in their last seconds and minutes on earth. But because of this message here, I believe that even if nobody else was there, we can have the assurance that Jesus was right there with them. And we don't know what happened in those moments. We don't know how many of these people experienced Jesus in that moment. We will find out one day, but I am sure that this word is still true today and that many people are encountering Jesus in the midst of corona. So I want to encourage you, put your faith in Jesus, and If you've never made that decision before, if you think God has abandoned this planet, no, He hasn't. He has entered into the abandonment with us. I want to encourage you to put your faith in Jesus and to see that all He's is doing is really revealing the depth of the love of God. And I want to encourage you to take Psalm 22 maybe as a personal prayer for the next week or so. Pray it out loud every day and allow the Holy Spirit to highlight certain truth to you personally and lastly maybe you can be an encouragement to somebody who is feeling isolated and abandoned at the moment maybe you can become jesus to them and tell them that they're not forsaken and not alone let us pray jesus we thank you so much that you came to enter into our experience to enter into our rejection and abandonment and forsakenness to reveal the love of the father to us and to show that that we are so valuable to you. Thank you for fulfilling scripture, and thank you for encouraging us to hold on to scripture in the midst of, of trials and storms. Thank you that your word is always, always true, no matter what happens around us. Bless us, and let us be a blessing to the people of this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.